Today is the 17th day of February. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I am Brian. It is wonderful to be here with you today. Greetings once again from the holy city of Jerusalem. We spent our day in and around Jerusalem yesterday. Today we will be heading into the lowlands, but uh but ending up back here in Jerusalem tonight. This has been a whirlwind. This is our second to the last day of the tour. So tomorrow, a big day, long day, but it concludes our tour. And that has kind of flown by as it does. Feels like we've been here for a good six weeks. But we don't want to miss anything. And so that's drinking from a fire hose. And packing it all in, but it is wonderful to be here with you today. We can talk about all that in a little bit, but we are here around the global campfire all over the world together to take the next step forward. We began the book of Leviticus yesterday, and then we read the first three chapters of Leviticus. Today, Leviticus 4 and five. The Lord told Moses to say to the community of Israel, offer a sacrifice to ask forgiveness when you sin by accidentally doing something I have told you not to do. When the high priest sins, he makes everyone else guilty too, and so he must sacrifice a young bull that has nothing wrong with it. The priest will lead the bull to the entrance of the sacred tent, lay his hand on its head, and kill it there. He will take a bowl of the blood inside the tent, dip a finger in the blood, and sprinkle some of it seven times toward the sacred chest behind the curtain. Then, in my presence, he will smear some of the blood on each of the four corners of the incense altar before pouring out the rest at the foot of the bronze altar near the entrance to the tent. The priest will remove the fat from the bull, just as he does when he sacrifices a bull to ask my blessing. This includes the fat on the insides, as well as the lower part of the liver and the two kidneys with their fats. He will then send it all up in smoke. The skin and flesh of the bull together with its legs, insides, and the food still in its stomach, are to be taken outside the camp and burned on a wood fire near the ash heap. The Lord said, When the nation of Israel disobeys me without meaning to, the whole nation is still guilty. Once you realize what has happened, you must sacrifice a young bull to ask my forgiveness. Lead the bull to the entrance of the sacred tent, where your tribal leaders will lay their hands on its head before having it killed in my presence. The priest will take a bowl of the animal's blood inside the sacred tent, dip a finger in the blood, and sprinkle some of it seven times toward the sacred chest behind the curtain. Then, in my presence, he must smear some of the blood on each of the four corners of the incense altar, before pouring out the rest at the foot of the bronze altar near the entrance to the tent. After this, 
The priest will remove the fat from the bull and send it up in smoke on the altar. Finally, he will burn its remains outside the camp just as he did with the other bull. By this sacrifice, the sin of the whole nation will be forgiven. The Lord God said, Any tribal leader who disobeys me without knowing it is still guilty. As soon as the leader realizes what has happened, he must sacrifice a goat that has nothing wrong with it. This is a sacrifice for sin, so he will lay his hand on the animal's head before having it killed in my presence at the north side of the bronze altar. The priest will dip a finger in the blood, smear some of it on each of the four corners of the altar, and pour out the rest at the foot of the altar. Then he must send all of the fat up in smoke, just as he does when a sacrifice is offered to ask my blessing. By this sacrifice, the leader's sin will be forgiven. The Lord said, When any of you ordinary people disobey me without meaning to, you are still guilty. As soon as you realize what you have done, you must sacrifice a female goat that has nothing wrong with it. Lead the goat to the north side of the bronze altar and lay your hand on its head before having it killed. Then a priest will dip a finger in the blood. He will smear some of it on each of the four corners of the altar and pour out the rest at the foot of the altar. After this, the priest will remove all of the fat, just as he does when an animal is sacrificed to ask my blessing. The priest will then send the fat up in smoke with a smell that pleases me. This animal is sacrificed so that I will forgive you ordinary people when you sin. If you offer a lamb instead of a goat as a sacrifice for sin, it must be a female that has nothing wrong with it. Lead the lamb to the altar and lay your hand on its head before having it killed. The priest will dip a finger in the blood, smear some of it on each of the four corners of the altar, and pour out the rest at the foot of the altar. After this, all of the fat must be removed, just as when an animal is sacrificed to ask my blessing. Then the priest will send it up in smoke to me, together with a food offering, and your sin will be forgiven. The Lord said, If you refuse to testify in court about something you saw or know has happened, you have sinned and can be punished. You are guilty and unfit to worship me if you accidentally touch the dead body of any kind of unclean animal. You are guilty if you find out that you have accidentally touched anything unclean that comes from a human body. You are guilty the moment you realize that you have made a hasty promise to do something good or bad. As soon as you discover that you have committed any of these sins... You must confess what you have done. Then you must bring a female sheep or goat to me as the price for your sin. A priest will sacrifice the animal and you will be forgiven. If you are poor and cannot afford to bring an animal, you may bring two doves or two pigeons. One of these will be a sacrifice to ask my forgiveness and the other will be a sacrifice to please me. Give both birds to the priest 
who will offer one as a sacrifice to ask my forgiveness. He will wring its neck without tearing off its head, splatter some of its blood on one side of the bronze altar, and drain out the rest at the foot of the altar. Then he will follow the proper rules for offering the other bird as a sacrifice to please me. You will be forgiven when the priest offers these sacrifices as the price for your sin. If you are so poor that you cannot afford doves or pigeons, you may bring one kilogram of your finest flour. This is a sacrifice to ask my forgiveness, so don't sprinkle olive oil or sweet-smelling incense on it. Give the flour to a priest who will scoop up a handful and send it up in smoke together with the other offerings. This is a reminder that all of the flour belongs to me. By offering this sacrifice, the priest pays the price for any of these sins you may have committed. The priest gets to keep the rest of the flour, just as he does with the grain sacrifices. The Lord told Moses what the people must do to make things right when they find out they have cheated the Lord without meaning to. If this happens, you must either sacrifice a ram that has nothing wrong with it or else pay the price of a ram with the official money used by the priests. In addition, you must pay what you owe plus a fine of 20%. Then the priest will offer the ram as a sacrifice to make things right, and you will be forgiven. If you break any of my commands without meaning to, you are still guilty, and you can be punished. When you realize what you have done, you must either bring to the priest a ram that has nothing wrong with it, or else pay him for one. The priest will then offer it as a sacrifice to make things right, and you will be forgiven. Mark 2, 13 through 3, 6 Once again, Jesus went to the shore of Lake Galilee. A large crowd gathered around him and he taught them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus. Levi was sitting at the place for paying taxes, and Jesus said to him, Follow me. So he got up and went with Jesus. Later, Jesus and his disciples were having dinner at Levi's house. Many tax collectors and other sinners had become followers of Jesus, and they were also guests at the dinner. Some of the teachers of the law of Moses were Pharisees, and they saw Jesus eating with sinners and tax collectors, so they asked his disciples, Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus heard them and answered, Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I didn't come to invite good people to be my followers. I came to invite sinners. The followers of John the Baptist and the Pharisees often went without eating. Some people came and asked Jesus, Why do the followers of John and those of the Pharisees often go without eating, while your disciples never do? Jesus answered, 
The friends of a bridegroom don't go without eating while he is still with them. But the time will come when he will be taken from them. Then they will go without eating. No one patches old clothes by sewing on a piece of new cloth. The new piece would shrink and tear a bigger hole. No one pours new wine into old wineskins. The wine would swell and burst the old skins. Then the wine would be lost and the skins would be ruined. New wine must be put into new wineskins. One Sabbath, Jesus and his disciples were walking through some wheat fields. His disciples were picking grains of wheat as they went along. Some Pharisees asked Jesus, Why are your disciples picking grain on the Sabbath? They are not supposed to do that. Jesus answered, Haven't you read what David did when he and his followers were hungry and in need? It was during the time of Abiathar, the high priest. David went into the house of God and ate the sacred loaves of bread that only priests are allowed to eat. He also gave some to his followers. Jesus finished by saying, People were not made for the good of the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for the good of people. So the Son of Man is Lord over the Sabbath. The next time Jesus went into the synagogue, a man with a paralyzed hand was there. The Pharisees wanted to accuse Jesus of doing something wrong, and they kept watching to see if Jesus would heal them on the Sabbath. Jesus told the man to stand up where everyone could see him. Then he asked, On the Sabbath, should we do good deeds or evil deeds? Should we save someone's life or destroy it? But no one said a word. Jesus was angry as he looked around at the people, yet he felt sorry for them because they were so stubborn. Then he told the man, stretch out your hand. He did, and his bad hand was healed. The Pharisees left, and at once they started making plans with Herod's followers to kill Jesus. Psalm 36 For the music leader, by David, the Lord's servant. Human sin and God's goodness. Sinners don't respect God. Sin is all they think about. They like themselves too much to hate their own sins or even to see them. They tell deceitful lies and they don't have the sense to live right. Most people stay awake, thinking up mischief, and they follow the wrong road, refusing to turn from sin. Your love is faithful, Lord, and even the clouds in the sky can depend on you. Your decisions are always fair. They are firm like mountains, deep like the sea and all people and animals are under your care. Your love is a treasure, and everyone finds shelter in the shadow of your wings. You give your guests a feast in your house, and you serve a tasty drink that flows like a river. 
The life-giving fountain belongs to you, and your light gives light to each of us. Our Lord, keep showing love to everyone who knows you and use your power to save all whose thoughts please you. Don't let those proud and merciless people kick me around or chase me away. Look at those wicked people. They are knocked down, never to get up again. Proverbs 10, 1 and 2 Here are some Proverbs of Solomon. Children, with good sense, make their parents happy. But foolish children make them sad. What you gain by doing evil won't help you at all. Obeying God is the only way to be saved from death. Okay, so we talked quite a bit about sin today in the book of Leviticus. And one thing that we can notice right off the bat is that God was being extraordinarily intentional about keeping the cost of sin clear, that it had a cost. And so we went through the tedium of how a sacrifice had to be given and where blood had to be sprinkled and what fingers had to be dipped and what horns of the altar and all of this stuff. And we can kind of like just tune out like, thank God we're not doing that anymore because, because we claim the blood of Christ over our sin. So it's almost easy to get to Leviticus and go, man, I do not relate. And that's where the journey ends, like I was saying at the beginning. But that would really be missing the point. Sin against God has always been what estranges us from God. Like, that's been the story since the second day we started reading the Bible this year, since we're back in the Garden of Eden. And that truth, which is still true today, is being woven into the fabric of this new culture that is being formed in the wilderness among the children of Israel. So sin required a sacrifice. And going through that process was tedious. And so we can wonder, like, seriously, God, the almighty God, he's this bloodthirsty? He needs all this blood from all these animals? He, he needs to smell it? It... it is he really like that? I would have to say no, he's not. Sin destroys people. And so in this context, sin would destroy God's chosen people. That has not changed. Sin, like look around you. Sin leads to death and destruction. And this culture that is being formed in the wilderness, that is being baked in. Like, impossible to miss. Because it's so much of the ritual and procedure of any given day. We, 
like we don't have to do that. And so it's easy for us to not even pay attention to what we're doing and the impact that it's having on us and those around us. For them, at the inauguration of this people, it is embedded as a foundational truth and view of who they are and how to live. We read it as instructions in the book of Leviticus, but if we like, step back and think about the practicality, that is like going to your flock. And I know some of us have flocks, but most of us probably don't have flocks, but you choose the spotless one, the perfect one, the one you've raised, maybe since it was born. And you lead this sheep or this animal and you walk with it and you get to the place of sacrifice and you put your hands upon its head and a blade is unsheathed and its blood is spilled and you realize that this is happening because of your own transgression. Like that's, that's more stark and it's supposed to be that stark because sin is deadly. This is one of the things that the Bible repeatedly teaches us. And we could still have our kind of our arms folded and be like, yeah, I don't know, like that's pretty harsh. And then we find ourselves immediately going, I don't like this procedure. And then we realize we're judging what God laid out to teach the people. And we forget that there's no need for a sin offering if there isn't sin. Like, if the people weren't transgressing, then there would be no sacrifice. So it's not the sacrifice that God's all interested in it's a holy people set apart from sin and holy unto him to reveal him that he's after now we claim jesus to be the sacrifice once and for all uh, destroying the claims of sin in our lives and that's a beautiful thing but it's easy enough for us to forget that that cost something and we just moved through that story as we were concluding the book of Matthew just days ago so it should be fresh in our minds the thing that destroys the bond of fellowship between us and God is sin it's deadly it can tear our world apart and not put it back together and so let's keep that in mind, not only to meditate upon in our own lives, but also as we continue to take steps forward in the book of Leviticus. So Father, we, we thank you for your word and this stark reminder today that the decisions that we make and the actions that we take have impact impact on our own lives and souls and impact on those around us and you have invited us into your story to be a holy people 
that we might reveal you and your kingdom and your holiness to the world. Help us to remember, we ask, in Jesus' name, Amen. Okay, so I was mentioning we are going into the lowlands uh, today, but yesterday we spent the day around the old city of Jerusalem, and we got a lot of lessons on congestion and maneuvering and in Jerusalem itself and uh, it's it's as if one day in Jerusalem takes twice the energy of one day anywhere else just because of the jostling and uh, the, just the difficulty in navigating around things and there's always something going on and always something to move around and so whether it's road construction or whatever it's a congested city with small streets and a lot of people and a lot of vehicles and that's a recipe um for for a lot of chaos in a lot of a lot of different ways and so just maneuvering around it it's just daily life in a big city uh that's what we got to experience what that's like but we got to see everything we wanted to see and that was spectacular so we began our day um going up on top of the temple mount seeing the Dome of the Rock, walking around. It's really, uh, it's really something. It's iconic for sure. Um, but there's just all kinds of things to think about. Certainly thinking about the temple, certainly thinking about the ancient people and how they lived and how Jerusalem developed over uh, different periods of time in Jew Jewish history. And and just how the Dome of the Rock came to be, just all of it. And uh, so, so we walked around and processed all of that and then moved out from the Temple Mount down through the Muslim Quarter and kind of circling back through the checkpoint to uh, where the Western Wall is. And then kind of exiting back out the way we came in so that we cross the street over to the archaeology that is being done on the city of David, the earliest archaeology of ancient Jerusalem, even some archaeology going back to Canaanite times when the city would have been Jebus, but mostly centered around the establishment of the city of David after King David conquered Jebus and made it the city of David. And the development that happened there with the first palace and uh, kind of the government buildings and the establishment of the city and then the preparations for the temple, which David's son Solomon uh, built, the first temple. So that is pretty remarkable. I, I'd been there before many years ago but much archaeology has been done and is ongoing and restoring as much of the original city of David as as is possible and so that that was really great we ended up uh, walking down and then through there's a couple of tunnels that 
were waterways into ancient Jerusalem. So the way that David conquered the city was through a waterway, and that still exists from that time. That's got a lot of water in it, and you can do that, but we went through Hezekiah's tunnel, which was uh, from the time of Hezekiah, so maybe around 700 years before Jesus. Uh, Hezekiah was a great king, a reforming king, and so he... uh, he established a lot of things, including um, water access and a strengthening of the walls. The Assyrian Empire had come and destroyed the northern kingdom, and so they were preparing as well as expanding, and we got to appreciate some of that. And then getting all the way to the Pool of Siloam, which uh, we we can locate Jesus at in the scriptures. And that is actually become much more of an active archeological um, venture. The steps going into the pool, some, some of the steps going into the pool have been found a while back. And so that's, that's something that can definitely be visited. And you can, you can see how the steps went down into the pool, but now I guess the way that I understood it, uh, the person who kind of owned the rest of the pool, well, wasn't really willing to sell the land. And so it was just kind of bush and trees and stuff like that. But they finally did. And so they've moved into gear and um, digging up and restoring the archaeology of the entire pool of Siloam. So that was really cool. But just in general, being able to archaeologically see some of the original stuff going on as Jerusalem was established as this focal capital city with the temple of God in it, that's, that's special. After that, we made our way back. Uh, to the Western Wall. Some people call that the Wailing Wall. It's because of the prayer that is generally always happening there. There are plenty of times, I guess, when it's empty early in the morning. Like when we were going on the Temple Mount, we could see the Western Wall, and there were definitely people praying there, but not a lot. I guess that just kind of comes and goes and depends on what time it is, but we were able to go and and pray at the wall, and the women and the men are, are segregated there, so the women pray on one side of it and the men on the other. I always enjoy going uh, going and praying at the wall. I really just have one prayer. Like, I go there, and I'm like, what am I supposed to say? Like, this is a place where people have been crying out to God for a long time for a lot of things. And... um what words can I say? And I guess it's a place that I go that has had so much prayer happening there that it's like, what do I just, do I just pray for my needs and the needs of my family? And so usually I have one word to say there and that is help, help, help us, Lord, help us see. Help us. So we, we prayed there and then walked up into the Jewish quarter, 
which is uh, more than one flight of stairs. It's uh, it's a good climb of stairs to get up to the top there where we found some lunch. It's kind of cold, a little bit rainy. Thankfully, it wasn't like blowing wind and heavy rain, but it was a little chilly. And so we got lunch and just kind of collected ourselves and then moved toward our, uh, our our final destination for the day. Um, the pools of Bethesda, where Jesus healed a man who had been waiting for 38 years. And he asked him, do you want to be made well? Do you want to be made whole? And we thought about that. And we thought about the journey that we've been through from the wilderness to the Galilee, to the coast, to Mount Carmel, to Jerusalem, to Bethlehem, like all of the places that we've been. And now so much of that boils down to that question that Jesus asked, do you want to be made whole? And so we spent some time there. We also went into St. Anne's Church, which is right there, the Pools of Bethesda. This is a Crusader-era church that's got remarkable acoustics. So Jill sang for us, and we sang with her, feeling the heavenly reverberations of that space bouncing all around us and echoing. Before heading back uh, to catch our buses which gave us a little bit of a challenge, some road closures, some protests, closing some roads about different political things, same kind of stuff that we see in probably all of our countries from time to time. And so we had to do a little bit of walking to find a way to get picked up. But once we did, we navigated back to the hotel for the evening. So a fantastic day in Jerusalem around the old city. And we'll go into the lowlands today. And I'm looking forward to that. And I'm looking forward to telling you about it after it happens. Thank you for your continued prayers. Tomorrow is the last day of our our journey, our pilgrimage together. And so not only do we ask for your prayers over that as we walk in the footsteps of Jesus' final days... But also all of the packing and preparation and and airports and flights that are long and jostling around and immigration and customs and re-entry and then reverse jet lag trying to get back onto our home schedule and uh, just full hearts. All the stuff that, that goes with that. You just ask for your prayers as we begin to think about those things. And we appreciate it very much. If you want to partner with the Daily Audio Bible, well, first of all, thank you, humbly. You can do that at dailyaudiobible.com. There's a link on the homepage. If you're using the app, you can press the Give button in the upper right-hand corner. The mailing address is P.O. Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee, 37174. And as always, if you have a prayer request or encouragement, you can hit the hotline button in the app. Or you can dial 877-942-4253. 
And that's it for today. I'm Brian. I love you. And I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow. Good morning. This is Fetty from Florida. I'm so excited to be a part of this ministry with Dab. It has really been a blessing in my life. And I want to pray for Webster from Tennessee. He gave a request back on January the 8th. He was a man that just talked about how um, he understands everything analytically and just really wanting to hear from God and to know that he has faith to believe God in the midst of all that he's going through. So Webster, just want to let you know that God loves you with an everlasting love. Yes, continue just to tune in to listen and hear and he'll speak to your heart um, because you are so important to him. So sometimes we look at it as being like rocket science, but it really not, isn't. He'll even come to you in the still of the night and just speak a word to your heart, your soul, your mind, your spirit, so that you know that the Lord is with you. So Father, I pray, Lord God, that you'll just open up Webster's understanding. God, breathe on him, Lord God. Let him know that you hear his cries, you hear his prayers, and that you're with them. And God, I just pray that you'll just give them experience with you like never before. Move by your power, your might, your spirit in Webster's life, Lord God. I speak to Queen and Claire new beginnings and that he'll understand you in such a real way, Lord God, that you'll just make yourself known to him through your word, through even dealing with him, heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit. And God, I just plead the blood of you that you will cover him and keep him. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Have a blessed and wonderful day, dabbers. Bye-bye. Hello, Daily Audio Bible family. This is Michael from London. I want to go back to the 8th of February and a request lifted up by a Webster from Tennessee about faith or he believes he has a lack of faith. And as I was listening to his um, recording, I was thinking to myself, well, he is showing faith by actually calling in and asking people to pray for him. So I want to read out Hebrews 11, verse 1 for Webster. And it says this, Webster, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So you have cried out to people all around the world, people that you may never see, including myself, um, for faith, an increase of faith. And we're going to pray for you right now and that uh, for anyone else who is struggling with their faith at this moment in time, that we know that the Lord will hear our prayers and will do what he needs to do in our lives. Lord God Almighty, we give you thanks and praise for today. We give you thanks and praise for Webster, Lord God, and his um, request, Lord God, for more faith. Let him know, Lord God, that he has more faith then he recognizes he has faith as a mustard seed and that will grow to be the biggest of trees that will grow in his life to be something fundamental that will change not only his life but people around him so i pray you bless him lord god you strengthen him lord god with your word encourage him lord god to know lord god that there are people all around the world praying for him lifting him up and anyone else lord god who is uh, hearing this prayer who is struggling with their faith we pray father that they'll just look to you the author and finisher of their faith lord god that's where their help will come from and their faith levels will increase and rise. So we give you all the praise and glory right now, Lord God, and bless us, we ask, in your wonderful, precious name. Thank you, everybody. Have a great day. God bless. Bye-bye. Hi, Dabber family. My name is Alori, calling from Tulum, Mexico, but I also go by Tipsy for Jesus. And I just felt compelled to call. This is my first time uh, calling. Thank you, Brian, and the entire family and staff for your beautiful ministry. There was a woman that called in on February 8th. Her name was Erica from San Francisco. And I had to call because uh, she had lost her mother last August. And um, 
we have a very similar story because my mother had been pouring into me her entire life, basically, because she wanted to see me saved. She wanted to see me follow God and her, his son, Christ Jesus. So I had to call in and give you encouragement and let you know that that is my testimony. My mom uh, went home to be with the Lord in 2015, and it was only until then that that's what brought me out of my lukewarmness and really uh, made me, uh, the Lord used that to testify to my heart because of the pain of losing such a beautiful mother. And so I want to see your testimony following the same exact steps because it is not a coincidence that your mother uh, wanted the same thing for you and you're seeking. And so I don't want to pray for you, but instead I want to bathe you with some scriptures. And the first one is James 1:17. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, with whom there is no change or shifting shadows. God has given you this beautiful gift in your mother. So please rejoice. Please know that your mother is in the very presence of the Lord, of Christ and of the Almighty God, and she wanted the same thing for you too. First Peter 5, 7, I found this scripture after my mom passed. She wrote it down on a little note. It's taped to my Bible, and it says, Cast your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Our Almighty Sovereign God and our Lord Jesus Christ cares for your pain. He want, they want to comfort you. They want to be there for you, and hopefully that this pain that you're feeling right now is going to move you into seeking. Good day, Daily Audio Bible family. It's PQ, and I'm calling uh, in response to Daniel the Wholehearted from North Carolina's rap for Renzo. Uh, Daniel, I have one word uh, in response to your rap, and, and that is bars. <laughs> that was a great rap, and, and I, I totally agree. And I add my faith to yours, Renzo. All you now need is a dope beat and walk that thing out. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So, Father, I lift up Renzo, and I thank you for uh, this rap that Daniel created um, for Renzo. And I pray, Father God, that he would continue uh, to live up to each and every line of that rap. I could pray that you would anoint him from on high to be and to do all that you have called him to. Father God, I thank you for Renzo's transparency. I thank you for his passion, for his love, for you and for this community. And I pray, Father God, that you would equip him and continue to bless him with wisdom beyond his age um, and that you would continue to um, just be a shield around him and continue to give him the wisdom, Lord God, that he needs to be the man of God that you have called him to be in the earth. Let him continue to speak your words to his generation and to be an example to his generation. And above all, I pray, Father God, that when he speaks, that you will let them hear it in Jesus name. Amen. Hey, Davey family. This is Byron out in Florida. Hope you guys are doing well. So Lent is coming up soon, uh, which is a very interesting time. Uh, I was not raised in the Christian tradition that observed Lent. I had no idea what it was all about until I started listening to the DAB years ago and saw that Brian 
observed it as well as other parts of what they call the Christian calendar. And eventually I began to embrace it myself and try different things from Lent and it's led to some of the most impactful seasons of my life. Um, I've gotten out of practice with it over the last couple of years and I want to get back into it. And over the years I transitioned from thinking of Lent as like me giving up something towards me doing something. And I try to pray about it beforehand to figure out what I should do. And this year the plan is I'm going to listen to every single second and hour of the community prayers that are aired uh, once a week in addition to the rest of the DAB prayers and readings. Um, with the way my life is now, it's a fight just to have enough time to listen to the DAB readings and the daily prayers, let alone multiple hours of the community prayers. I don't work a job where I can just play it in the background and I want to be intentional in my listening. So I have no idea how I'm going to work this out, but it's something that I plan on doing and I cover your guys' prayers in that regard so that I can fully engage into it. And I also recommend that you guys pray over too, if the Lord wants you to commit to something for that period leading up uh, to Resurrection Sunday. It's led to some really lasting, impactful changes for me, and I hope if you try it, it does for you too. Love you all, praying for you all. Take care.